Well, God bless you. Welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program. Did you know that God's will is prosperity? For you to be prosperous in spirit and soul and body? Because that's what the Word of God says. Now, I know that there's a lot of people out there that they really criticize prosperity and criticize uh, people who teach and preach prosperity, but it is a doctrine of the Bible, and it's throughout. There are well over a hundred scriptures pointing to the fact that God wants to bless uh, his children. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And Psalm 103, beginning in verse five, who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Praise God. So let's go ahead and pray. and We'll get right into the word today. Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, hallelujah, that all the blessings of God come upon us because of Jesus. We worship you, Father. We thank you for your word today, and we give you praise, honor, and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, in Psalm, the 103rd division of the Psalm, the first five verses, is a redemptive look at who we are in Christ Jesus and what Jesus has done for us. Even though this uh, passage is in the Old Testament, amen, it's relevant for us today, amen. And we can live like this. And matter of fact, if we're born again, we are living like this, amen. So if the first four verses apply to the child of God, well, then verse five certainly does too. So let's go ahead and read all five verses. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. See, God has benefits for his children. What are they? Well, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies, and who satisfies our mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. So this is what we're talking about today, how that God satisfies uh, the child of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, this word satisfy, before we move on, is the uh, Hebrew word saba, and it means to satisfy. It means to enrich. It means to sate or to be full. God wants us satisfied he wants us enriched in everything in our life, and he wants us to be full. Praise God. Hallelujah. Not just full of the spirit, but he wants our bellies full, too. And King David knew by experience about uh, Christ and, 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 and God, Jehovah God, redeeming him uh, from all of these things that we just read. Five things. Five being the number of grace. God's grace shed upon you and me. Now, it took David 20 years to finally sit on the throne of Israel. And most of that time, he spent hiding and running away from the king, King Saul, who wanted to kill him. So this is David's testimony. Looking back over his life, his testimony of what God did for him and what God did for somebody in the Old Testament. How much more will he'll do for us under the New Testament? Uh, listen to the psalmist in Psalm 84. Behold, O God, our shield and look upon the face of thine anointed for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. 
For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Notice that the Lord will give grace and glory and no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly before him. Hallelujah. And then the psalmist says this, blessed is the man that trusts in him. So when we learn to trust God in every area of our life, that's when the blessing over every area of our life comes, praise God. As long as you and I are treading out the grapes with our own feet, there's only so much the Lord's going to be able to do for us. But listen, God has much more in store for the child of God. Much more, much more. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So it's quite clear that God wants his children to prosper in life. Amen. When when the scripture says, inspired of the Holy Spirit, that God, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Well, is an automobile a good thing? Is income enough to take care of your family? Is that a good thing? Is being able to buy a house and to live comfortably and to be blessed and to have a good food on the table? Listen, David understood what it meant to live on barely get along street down in Grumble Alley when he was running from King Saul. But there came a day when he sat upon the throne of Israel. Amen. And that has special significance because he said in verse five, who satisfies thy mouth with good things. Listen, wild grasshoppers and and just eating barely depending upon other people to be able to get a meal. Uh, running from here to there, living in the mountains and caves and in the deserts and running from people that want to kill you. And then here you are, you get to sit down on the throne of an entire nation of Israel. Amen. And you go into the banquet room and here's this banquet food, more food than you ever could imagine set before you to eat, to eat to your pleasure, to eat to your full. Amen. Hallelujah. That's God's table for you. And that's God's table. Amen. He wants us to come and dine. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, this is what this, we're going to look at this in this, uh, in this program today. Now, something Jeremiah said, very familiar passage of Scripture, verses 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you an expected end, to give you a future and a hope. If God spoke these words to Israel, how much more is he speaking to uh, these words to the child of God today? God has given us a future and a hope. His plans are to prosper us and not to harm us. Well, Brother John, that just has to do with spiritual blessings. No! God is concerned about every area of your person, spirit, soul, and body. The more we prosper in spirit, the more... How can you prosper in spirit any more than being born again and filled with the spirit? Praise God. Hallelujah. What does filled with the spirit mean? That means filled to the top. Praise God. Being baptized, fully immersed in the things of God. And God cares about your body. He cares about what you eat. He cares that your family and that your children get enough to eat. He cares about all these things. I mean, he loves us. We are his children. He's one big giant father, and he wants to take care of every one of his children. And that includes you, and that includes me, praise God. 
So yes, he has plans to prosper us. He doesn't want to harm us. He has given us a future and a hope. So it's quite obvious that God's intent concerning his children is to bless them and to cause them to prosper. Amen. Hallelujah. What good father wouldn't want his children to prosper? Well, that's why we send our children to college. That's why we want them to get the very best job they can. But if we put God first, all of these things will come after. So every promise that God gives to his children, it comes with a condition. If we want to prosper, well, then we're going to have to believe God. We're going to have to have faith. And prosperity for spirit, soul and body, it all comes from him. He blesses us. <laughs> Amen. Jesus said it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. What does that mean? That means just floating around? <laughs> no, that means more than that. Jesus said, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Well, do we think that the kingdom has enough to take care of all of us? Certainly does. Remember what Jesus did when those 5,000 people were hungry. He blessed the flows of, and bread and he blessed the fish. And there was more than enough to feed every person that was following Jesus that day. And they took extra up. See, that's our God. That's our God who desires to bless those who follow the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Jeremiah 29, you know, the Israelites, they could not stay away from idolatry. So God judged them. And moved them to Babylon. And they were there for 70 years. But those 70 years were accomplished. And Jeremiah says in chapter 29 and verse 10, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and causing you to return to this place. Notice those words, and perform my good word towards you. Well, what word is he talking about? Well, it's the word of promise. But all 66 chapters of the Bible are God's word of promise to you and to me. And if God is willing to perform his good word for the Israelites who were in bondage, but God was going to bring them out of bondage, how much more is he going to perform his good word towards you and towards me? Now that we're on this side of the cross, looking back towards Calvary. Amen. All that God was willing and did in the Old Testament was looking towards Calvary. Amen. We're looking back at Calvary. Praise God. Our redemption has already been paid for. Amen. Praise God. Well, now listen to this passage in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 8.18, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. Amen. Well, is that true in the New Testament? Absolutely. It's still in force. When Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, amen, that right now, that references Deuteronomy 8 to 8, 18, that God is going to give us the power to get wealth in order to establish the new covenant in the hearts of people who don't know him, praise God. 
I tell you, you want a vein of supply? Then start preaching the gospel. Put yourself in a position, amen, and God will supply that need. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Let me read that again. A lot of times we, we you know, as soon as we hear Philippians 4, 19, it's, oh, I know what that means. No, let's go back over. Let's read it again. But my God, my God, Paul's saying, but my God. Well, we're God, the same God that uh, that Paul served is the same God we serve. But my God, we can say that first person singular, but my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do we think that if we if we dare to ask God for a full supply, that's going to bankrupt heaven? Absolutely not. If it's God's good pleasure to give us a kingdom, then there's more than enough there to supply our every need. Amen. Now, let's think about Old Testament saints. Their righteousness was based upon their works, keeping the commandments, doing those things that are pleasing in the Lord's sight. Now, the New Testament saint, his righteousness is based upon the perfect obedience of one. Old Testament saints, they perfectly, they had to perfectly obey uh, the Old Testament law in order to be righteous. You and I, our righteousness is based upon the perfect obedience of one. His name is Jesus. He's the only perfect man. Praise God. He's the one that died, was buried, was raised again for our justification. So the blessing of God is based upon the, the perfect obedience of Jesus, not on our perfect obedience. We're in him, praise God. We're out to please the Lord. And as a reward, he blesses us with every kind of blessing, praise God. Now listen to what Jesus said. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother, wife, children or lands for my sake and the gospels. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time, houses and brethren, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. A hundredfold. Many times over. Now, God says he will satisfy our mouth with good things. Do you think what Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, 29 and 30 is, is his way of quoting Psalm 103, verse 5, that says God will satisfy your mouth with good things? It all ties in together. It's just one key in the Old Testament, New Testament. Nothing's really changed. The condition of our heart has changed, but not the blessings of God. Amen. Instead of the blessing of God coming in perfect obedience to the Ten Commandments, the blessing of God now is coming upon us through the perfect obedience of our Savior Jesus. Amen. So God's promise for us when we hold forth the gospel includes prosperity. You got to have money if you're going to run a ministry. Do you think the radio station just gives this this airtime to me for nothing? 
No, I've got to pay for it. I've never asked any of my radio audience for one penny, not one penny, because God has already supplied the need. Praise God. The third epistle of John in the first chapter, verse and the only chapter, actually, in verse two, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper. Amen. That you may prosper. And be in health, even as thy soul prospers. See, there's a condition there. The more we prosper in the word of God, the more our soul, the more we feed our soul, our mind, will of emotions with the word of God, the more that we'll prosper and be in health. Amen. There's a key there. It's tied to it's tied to the prosperity of the soul. But that doesn't do away with prosperity. Amen. Hallelujah. John, writing to the elder Gaius, told him he would prosper to the extent that his soul prospered. There's a lot of people want to prosper. Oh, yeah, I'll do it if it's easy. Well, let me tell you something. There's nothing easier than just spending time in the Word of God every day. But see, that's the problem. They don't want to do what the Scripture tells them to do. Because the Scriptures teach us and tell us how we are to prosper in life. Now, there was a man many, many years ago, former gospel minister, used to come to my church. And uh, when I was uh, quoting this, uh, this verse of Scripture in, in the third epistle of John in, the, in uh, chapter 1 and verse 2, he said, well, I, you know, that word prosperity only means to have a successful road. And he said, and it didn't mean that God would actually bless and prosper a believer's life. Well, this man worked bivocationally his entire life. He worked in construction. And when he retired, he retired from ministry, too, at the same time. And I'm not, not, I'm not criticizing this man because he was a wonderful Christian man. And I really loved him. But, you know, he spent his uh, declining years, you know, with hip surgeries and this surgery and that surgery and wound up in a convalescent home and he wound up sleeping most of the time. Not the, not the way I mean, that was he didn't he didn't leave this world in a lot of pain and agony and things like that. And I praise God for that. But see, there were some things that uh, the Lord wanted to bless this man, but he just didn't see it. He just he just didn't see it. And I know exactly what that means. I, you know, the first few years of the ministry, I worked, worked hard because I felt like I had to. And all the time, God had a better plan for me. There is a plan. God's prosperity plan. That if we'll live and walk by biblical principles, putting God first, putting the gospel first. Doing just like Jesus said. Whatever we forsake for the gospel, he'll give us a hundredfold, a hundred times over. Praise God. God wants much more for us than what we're willing to believe him for. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 17 through 21. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches and righteousness my fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment. 
that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance and I will fill their treasuries. What's Solomon talking about? He's talking about the wisdom of God. You mean to tell me inheriting substance and filling treasuries, our treasuries? You mean that's the will of God? Wisdom, the wisdom of God will do that? That's exactly what Solomon said. And this word has not passed away. It's still relevant today. Now, God has no problem with blessing and prospering his saints. He did that to the nation of Israel. But the nation of Israel, the mistake they made, and so many make the same mistake today, is that uh, they see the prosperity coming, and they immediately they begin to become covetous. In other words, the riches become more important than, than using those riches to serve God and to serve humanity. I'm telling you that if you'll get priorities straight and you'll look to Jesus, number one, you'll look to the gospel above all other things. And you start directing your income towards the preaching of the gospel and spreading of the gospel throughout the world. I'm telling you, there is a return coming. There is a reward coming. You're going to have to fight just like David did. God told him, you're the king of Israel. Well, it was over 20 years before that became a reality. And during that time, he had to scrape. He had to scrape. He had to run. He had to hide. He had to live in caves and in the desert and wilderness. But there came a time where the windows of heaven were opened. And he was sitting in the throne of the king of Israel. And all the blessing that God had promised him became a reality. I'm telling you. It is God's will for you to prosper in life. Solomon also said this, happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man that gets understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things that you canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand. And in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her and happy is everyone that retains her. That's the promise of God to you today. Getting the wisdom of God, operating by the wisdom of God. And just following the Holy Spirit, praise God, and following the Word of God. So every part of man, his spirit, his soul, his body, God desires to touch with his hand of prosperity, every one of them. Amen. Hallelujah. See, there's wisdom in these things. Wisdom is simply just seeing the end result. We may have a lot of knowledge, but it's wisdom that shows us and teaches us how to operate that knowledge to where our life then becomes a prosperous life. Our family becomes prosperous. Now listen to what the Apostle Paul in writing to the Corinthian church. Notice what he says here. Now, brothers and sisters, 
we make known to you the grace of God, which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality and giving to the needs of the saints. I added that in. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave voluntarily, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation, koinonia, and the support of the saints. And this, not that we had expected, but they first gave themselves to the Lord. See, this is the key to a prosperous lifestyle. You got to give yourself to the Lord. Amen. We have to put place ourselves in a position to where he wants to bless us. And we, we can't do it without faith. Got to have faith. Got to put it on the line in faith <laughs> and just see what God will do. But then look, look, listen to what else he's, he writes. But just as you excel in everything, in faith and speaking and knowledge and in all earnestness and in the love we inspired in you, see that you also excel in this gracious work. To give is a grace. And to give in love is a grace. Now, Paul goes on and he says, I am not saying this is a command, but as proving through the earnestness of others, the sincerity of your love as well. Now look at verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Notice what, what I just said, verse 9. What I just, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is tying, as an example of giving, he's tying the life of Christ as an example. Jesus is our ultimate example. He was rich. He's the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God. He was in the beginning with God. He is God, manifest in the flesh. He never had a want that wasn't fulfilled. He never had a need that wasn't fulfilled. He knew how to live a prosperous lifestyle. But yet for our sake, he became poor. He poured out himself on Calvary. All of his riches he gave to us. He poured it all out on Calvary. So that we through our poverty, so through his poverty, so that we might become rich. That which Jesus paid for now has been given to us. Hallelujah. Jesus was wealthy. He was prosperous. He abounded in every resource for spirit, soul, and body. There was nothing he lacked and nothing. Amen. Think about it. He turned the water into wine. People ran out of wine at the wedding feast. Well, he turned, took some water, turned it into wine. You got to be a prosperous person to do something like that. People that were following him were hungry. He multiplied the loaves and the fish and fed every one of them with stuff with enough left over. As long as the disciples followed Jesus, they never lacked for one thing, not one thing. Even when God was punishing Israel in the desert, their sandals never wore out over 40 years. Do you have a pair of shoes that's lasted 40 years that you walk in every day? Jesus healed all manner of sickness and disease among the people. 
He told us, the church, to go and do the same thing. See, this example that Paul sets concerning uh, Jesus in giving, this is how the Lord wants us to live. He wants us to do that very same thing. Hallelujah. Now, I'm, I'm going to close with this passage of Scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who give, giveth us richly all things to enjoy. God wants you to have a good life. He wants you to have a good road in life. He wants to prosper you. He wants you to have health. He wants you to get out there and do the work of Jesus. And he'll do it. He'll prosper your life to where you can do it. Father, we bless you. We thank you, Father, for your goodness, for your mercy today. Help us to understand just how rich we are in Jesus and how much he wants to bless us. And Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life. <laughs>